What's the deal with King Herod? What's his deal? Why did he react the way he did when the newborn king of the Jews was announced? It says that he's greatly troubled. So much so, it seems, that he wanted to destroy Jesus. And on the other hand, we have the Magi who were over, overjoyed at seeing the star. They had traveled hundreds of miles to present their gifts to Jesus to give him homage. What's the deal with King Herod? Why did he respond like that? And how does that apply to us? Historically, scholars will say that um, King Herod was a paranoid person. Paranoid about losing his power in his reign. So much so that he killed two of his sons because he perceived them as a threat to his kingship. And so when Jesus is announced by the Magi to him, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Herod's title was king of the Jews. And so he may have felt threatened by Jesus' presence. Threatened by his potential reign. And so he tries to destroy him. And this kind of interpretation of King Herod is, is, is furthered by St. Quodboldeus, who gave a, a powerful um, um, kind of like meditation in the Office of Readings. And in the, in the meditation, this is what St. Quodboldeus says. He says, why are you afraid, Herod, when you hear of, a, of the birth of a king? He does not come to drive you out, but to conquer the devil. But because you do not understand this, you are disturbed in a rage and to destroy one child whom you seek you show your cruelty in the death of so many children. You destroy those who are tiny in body because fear is destroying your heart. You imagine that if you accomplish your desire, you can prolong your own life, though you are seeking to kill life himself. Now, we don't know for sure what's going on in King Herod's heart, but what we do know is this dynamic of fear about the reign of Jesus is a common dynamic that happens in every single human heart. In every human heart, we have this sometimes perception of God threatening our reign. And we see this often in our culture. We see this in our culture where Christianity is resisted, where people who perhaps have fallen away from Christ, they, don't longer, they no longer worship God, they perceive Jesus and surrendering to him and trusting in him as a threat to their own lifestyle as a threat to the reign, because after all, if Jesus is king, that means that I'm not. And so this dynamic is a very real dynamic that happens in the human heart. But one of the things we need to remember is that on Epiphany, right, God is revealing to the world that when it comes to his reign, we have nothing to be afraid of. In fact, that God is not a threat to us. In fact, Jesus is the one that removes from us the threats to us. He's come to save us from the things that threaten our life, our joy, which is sin, the brokenness, the, the, the disease, the illness, right? And even death itself, that God is for us. And so in the child Jesus, God is declaring to the whole world in this revelation or epiphany, what's what the word means, that God is come to save us, even from the very fear of his reign. Now, I think most of us know this intellectually. I mean, we're here in church, we know that God is good. We know that God has come to save us. We know that he's, he's for us and not against us. And yet, deep down, perhaps we have areas of our hearts in which we struggle to believe this. Structures of unbelief, if you may. And so that when we are, are, are brought to a place of deeper trust in him, deeper surrender to him, deeper letting go of control so that he can be the king in our life, we struggle with this unbelief. We sometimes can perceive Jesus and being fully devoted to him as a threat to our way of life. 
as a threat that, that might take away something that we love. And this dynamic is very, very common as we grow closer to the Lord because the Lord exposes those areas of our hearts so as to help us to become more free in him. And if we understand this dynamic, we can actually uh, manage uh, kind of those temptations and bring those to the Lord so we can grow in freedom. So if just I'll give you a few examples of, of some of the lie-based thinking or fear-based thinking that we might experience when we're being prompted to surrender more deeply to the Lord. Right? So we're thinking about surrendering to the Lord more or, or giving our lives over to him or maybe trusting him in a particular area of our life. We might say, if I give this to him, if I let go, something bad's going to happen. If I really trust in him, he's going to let me down. Or he's going to ask me to do something that I don't want to do. Or I'm going to get hurt again. Or perhaps I'm going to be disappointed. Or if I really give my heart to him, I'm going to fail. Or worse, if I really love him with all my heart, I'm going to be rejected and abandoned by others. These lies that we can experience in our own interior life are kind of propped up as Jesus being a threat to us. And yet those are lies because he is not at all a threat to us. He's come to save us and to, and to give us freedom. What's important about this is that, that each of us is in our own place when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. There might be some people here who really have never really given their lives over to him completely. Never said, Lord Jesus, I give you my entire life. Have, have your way with me. Do whatever you want. Right? Because we're all in our own different places. Maybe some of us aren't even sure that Jesus is the king that we should do that for. Right? And so we're in a different place. But there might be some people here who have not only said that, it might have been years ago. Lord, I give you everything. I give you permission to reign in my life. But perhaps the very people who do that, including myself, run into different areas of unbelief, different areas of, 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 of kind of fear that we need to continually remind ourselves of who he is, where there's a, still a struggle to surrender, a struggle to trust. And it's in those places that I believe God wants us to choose to remember who he is for us so that we can give our hearts to him. Because in the moments of fear, when we're holding back, we're tempted to hold back from Jesus, we're tempted to destroy his influence in our life, right? In those moments, the temptation is, do I choose to rely on myself or do I rely on him? Do I choose to try to make myself feel better, to take care of myself, or do I choose to give myself to him and allow him to be my king? This is a place of great temptation, but it's also a great a place of great opportunity to grow. I found as a priest that the surest way of not living in fear in our relationship with Jesus is to bring the fear that we're living in in our relationship with Jesus to him because he has the power to save us from it. To bring, that the fear, to bring the fear that we're living in to Jesus so that he can deliver us from it. And this is a very uh, important thing, and I'll say more about how to do this in our parish mission coming up in March, but the reality is, is that when we bring to him the fear that we're living in, the, the hesitancy, the resistance to allowing him to be our king, what begins to happen is he begins to reveal himself. He gives us epiphanies of his love, which confirm to us that we have nothing to be afraid of, that he's not really a threat to us at all. He's not a threat to our happiness. He's not a threat to our joy. That's the kind of God he is. I remember when I was in seminary, um, I was praying through a particular fear that I had. Um, and a lot of times the Lord purifies me through like recognizing where fear is in my life. 
is one way of recognizing where the devil has a stronghold, right? It's one way of identifying the, the, the work of the evil one in your life is just look at the fear. So I was praying through this fear that was going on, and I began to realize as I was bringing it to Jesus that the voice of fear didn't love me, but the voice of Jesus did. I could tell the difference between this Actually, this voice actually cares about me. This fear is a, this voice, whoever's saying this voice is a cruel tyrant who does not care for me. And I began to see the difference of what was going on in my heart because I was able to bring my fear to him. My brothers and sisters, if Jesus is a king of love, and if he's not against us, and if he's come to save us, and he's not a threat to us, then perhaps one of the most powerful things we can be doing on a regular basis is bringing our fears to him allowing him to speak into them, allowing him to reveal himself in the epiphanies of his love, which gives us confidence in him. In just a few moments, we have an opportunity to receive Jesus in Holy Communion, our King, our newborn King. And my encouragement today is that you come to him like the Magi. You come to him, giving him homage, opening up the treasures of your hearts and your lives. Specifically, those areas of insecurity, those areas in which you are tempted to believe that he doesn't have your best interest in mind, that he's not going to be faithful. And you lay those at his feet. Because if you do that with great sincerity and, and humility, don't be surprised if he gives you revelations of his love, epiphanies of his love, which confirm not only that he is not a threat to you, but that confirms that he is a king who has come to save you.